Welcome back to the Fresh Expressions podcast. I'm Gannon Sims. And I am Heather Jalad. And this is episode 10. We're looking at a church for the future, a future for the church, exploring some of the core competencies we all need to take the church that Jesus loves closer to the people Jesus loves. And so we're asking the question in this episode, what are the core competencies for a church on mission? What abilities must servant leaders develop to go from pastor to pioneering missionary? This episode, I will discuss the new muscles that churches and servant leaders need to develop and thrive in the future. Heather, who did you have the privilege of uh, speaking with? Uh, one of my new friends, uh, she is the Reverend Sue Nelson Kibbe. She's the director of the Bishop Bruce O. Innovation Center at United Theological Seminary. Uh, Sue has done some uh, wonderful work and uh, kind of missional church initiatives that she has designed in previous roles. And one one really significant part uh, that emerged from those missional initiative uh, kind of coaching opportunities and leadership opportunities that she had done over the years is a, a breakthrough prayer journey uh, that I really, I really believe speaks to these these competencies and skills that are so needed for uh, for the church today. Uh, we we had a great conversation about what that looks like for individual churches, and she gives some practical examples. Um, she really, really uh, uh, said something that has uh, continued to kind of be on replay in my brain, and that is, um, this is about uh, not prayer with a period, but prayer with a, an ellipsis, if you will, yeah, a request uh, to look for uh, God's, God's response expectantly uh, in, in those prayers for God to lead and, and guide us into the uh, the mission field that's right outside our door. Uh, one of the other things that really struck me is she said, um, you know, we've all been snacking on prayer versus mm. feasting on prayer. Mm. Uh, and it isn't any wonder that um, too many of our churches are are declining. So uh, I know that um, folks will, will hear a lot of things that maybe they need to hear today in this conversation. That's really good. What about I, you? Yeah, I, I got to speak with... Uh, the Reverend Shannon Kaiser. Shannon serves as director of training on the Fresh Expressions team. And um, Shannon is sort of our our lead developer of all of our tools and training. And she really uh, spoke a lot about the need for a, just a spirit of experimentation, mm -hmm. um, of no fear, a, a, an ability to even fail forward if necessary, um, a, a, a holy curiosity a willingness to partner with other people. I think that just the old days of solo, we can do it all of ourselves, uh, all by ourselves sort of leadership is those days are over. And so it's the, this, the withness, the with others um, is so essential as we, we go to the future. So um, that's uh, where, where we are. And I look forward to um, sharing this episode with you of the Fresh Expressions podcast. Bye.
everybody. I am so excited to get to share with you today my new friend, Sue Nelson Kibbe. Before I ask her to introduce herself, I just really wanted to, to tell you why she came to mind for me when we started talking about this episode, exploring new strategies, new spiritual capacities that are needed for really the new frontier that's before us as the church. Uh, the landscape has changed dramatically, certainly in these last two pandemic years, but um, not necessarily in ways that weren't already there, but yet have been accelerated by our pandemic reality. And, and certainly there, uh, there are new capacities that we have to, to engage in and to, to develop as uh, leaders in the church over this, uh, this season um, and into the, new, into the new reality that we're all living in. So Sue, why don't you introduce yourself the way you like to be introduced and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much, Heather. My name is Reverend Sue Nilsson Kibbe. I'm a United Methodist clergy elder, and my appointment right now is as the director of the Bishop Bruce O. Innovation Center, which is at United Theological Seminary in Dayton, Ohio, and it's a brand new startup. This is the second year of the Innovation Center. Uh, and it, it, I'm so excited about what God is doing. During my vocational ministry uh, season, I have been a local church pastor. I've been an executive pastor, a senior pastor. Then I became a church trainer and consultant for prayer-fueled revitalization. And uh, now I'm at uh, United. And uh, I'm so excited that you've invited me to talk about my absolute favorite topic I'm passionate about. Yes, yes. And that that topic is prayer. I think that the reason Sue came to mind for me uh, is that she just uh, released a book uh, less than a year ago called Open Road. And it really uh, focuses in on this idea of breakthrough prayer that she's led many churches through that are really significant to this kind of uncharted territory uh, before us, I think, as, as churches and frankly, who we are as the body of Christ, uh, wherever we are. Uh, so say a little bit about Breakthrough Prayer and this book called Open Road, because you had some other books that preceded that as well. So uh, the Breakthrough Prayer Initiative is a nickname that I gave uh, the, the concepts that I began to teach and train churches about several years ago. Uh, you know, Oswald Chambers wrote, he's the great devotional writer, Oswald mm -hmm. Chambers wrote mm -hmm. that just as our physical bodies need physical food to stay healthy, vibrant, strong, and growing. So the body of Christ, which is the church, uh, the food of the body of Christ, the church is prayer. Mm. And so is it any wonder that some churches are kind of weak, listless, can become apathetic, don't want to do anything. And some churches can even can even die. Mm -hmm. Do you suppose that they're snacking on prayer rather than feasting on prayer? Wow. And uh, my dream, as well as what I've seen in my own ministry and in countless churches I've had the privilege to walk alongside, is that when we can learn to take prayer for God's new possibilities across the congregation ongoing, it changes everything. 
we start looking up and out for mm. God's open doors and new possibilities. And especially when we're praying along with that, that we'll surrender our own preferences and our own plans in order to make room to say yes to God's. This gives the Holy Spirit opportunities that we couldn't have even dreamed of. And this simple way to take prayer for new God possibilities churchwide, all ages of the congregation ongoing, is what I've nicknamed a breakthrough prayer initiative. And that's what I've written about in the Open Road Adventure of a Breakthrough Prayer Initiative book. Uh, it's published by Market Square Books, and it's available on Amazon and on the publisher's website. And I'm so glad you liked that book. Yeah, it was so wonderful. I told Sue I brought it back to the, the prayer team at the church I'm serving right now, and it made a huge impact. I know that the, the Breakthrough Prayer Initiative really came out of the missional church consultation that you were doing with churches. So I'd love for you to kind of talk a little bit about how that bubbled up. But I'd also like to hear about what was the, what was the pain point, I guess, for these churches where this missional church consultation kind of came into being? So the missional church consultation uh, was a brand new revitalization initiative. I was appointed onto our West Ohio Conference Bishop's Executive Staff uh, several years ago now. And he had, a, he had an assignment for me. He said, I want you to create a renewal revitalization initiative that could be helpful to any church in, of any size in any setting or ethnicity, uh, churches that are plateaued or maybe in a little decline and, and can't figure out how to jumpstart a new season of fruitfulness. And it, it seemed like a terrifying assignment. <laughs> uh, but I began years of a kind of R&D about what really are the, what I call the floodgates that a church needs to open so that God's spirit can can rush through. And I was absolutely convinced that the very first thing that any church looking or ministry looking to move forward needed to do would be to begin this congregation-wide breakthrough prayer initiative, be praying for new God possibilities. And um, I so I, I invented a simple training. You know, we we in the church, we're we do pray to God the comforter, God the sympathizer, um, God the wisdom giver, God the healer, and, and we should keep doing that. Yeah. But the Breakthrough Prayer Initiative is this little additive component to, to those prayers where we're also praying to, the, to God the Almighty mm. to do the new thing, to show us the new steps forward that will surrender ourselves. And so the very first step for every one of the eventually 200 churches that went through the missional church consultation was to launch and fuel this, this congregation-wide prayer. And what I found was that even if a church did nothing else, if they implemented this, everything started changing. Wow. New vitality, new members, new breakthroughs, new miracles, mm. new vitality, New giving. It was it was unbelievable. God must love that prayer. Mm. And uh, uh, the Breakthrough Prayer Initiative training, which began as part of the missional church consultation, began to be a training all on its own uh, oh. because churches everywhere have uh, invested in this. And uh, 
we could talk for hours about the miraculous stories that have unfolded. Okay, well, I'm going to have to have you tell at least one of those stories. But I, the thing that I love about Breakthrough Prayer is that it's so aligned with, uh, in, our, in the Fresh Expressions movement, really the posture of listening that we're all called to. And, and it's not like listening with, for a limited amount of time, right? It's, it's listening <laughs> for forever. Uh, but, but the posture of prayer required in, in that listening and being present, right? And, and um and in, in looking for where God is working already, paying attention. It, it's such a posture of attentiveness that breakthrough prayer calls you to, um, rather than necessarily a petition, right? And and then how you respond to that is so is so significant and really what we we talk about in the fresh expressions movement as well. We we listen and then we love out of what we hear. And, and what that love looks like might not be what it looks like to us, but it might look like something different to somebody else. So maybe, maybe um, say a little bit about, um, uh, you know, what, what are some of the things that people hear in this breakthrough prayer that have led them to respond in some way? And then maybe one of the, just share one story. Uh, uh, well, thank you for the invitation to do so. So I'm thinking of a church in Valley City, North Dakota, uh, Epworth United Methodist Church <laughs> in Valley City, North Dakota. And Valley City is a, a college town. Um, it's not a, a really large town, but the the church sits within sight of the, the small college there in, in that city. And uh, the Epworth United Methodist Church in Valley City began a breakthrough prayer initiative they, they knew students were nearby. They wanted to impact their community uh, for good, and they just weren't sure how to do that. So they began praying, asking God to open doors and help them see new possibilities. And you know what is one of the miraculous parts of, of praying for breakthroughs is that when everybody is asking God for breakthroughs, God begins to speak to many people mm. with the very same new ideas. So. Uh, it it just so happened that the pastor of this church would walk the congregation out on the church's large parking lot uh, after worship every Sunday, and they would stand out on the parking lot and pray the breakthrough prayer out there. And they'd face north and then south and east and west and ask God to uh, extend, you know, and open doors in all directions. And after a few months, a group of the congregation came up to pastor and said, uh, you know, Pastor, there was a drive-through coffee kiosk in downtown Valley City that people like to drive through to get their morning coffee on the way to work that has closed and nothing like that exists in our town. Do you suppose that God is calling us to dig up part of our parking lot, put in plumbing, and create a little coffee kiosk and uh, get some baristas so that the whole town could drive through our parking lot wow. and get their morning coffee and we could show them the love of Jesus mm-hmm. and invite them to everything God's doing at our church. And pastor, this was really a preposterous proposal. There was yeah, no, yeah, yeah. There was no <laughs> anything and to tear up the parking lot. Yeah. But pastor had been praying for the breakthroughs too. And pastor said, why don't you just explore if this would be possible? And in less than a year, there has been established a coffee kiosk 
that is open full time on the parking lot where the entire town, so to speak, comes wow. for the morning coffee. And many, many people have met the love of Jesus mm. through this outreach. Now, uh, that's just one little unique idea, but, I, but I'm saying you never know what God's spirit has in mind. Uh, did you like that story? What did you think? Yeah, no, I, I just love, I love the fact that you, I mean, you said it like so matter of factly, and then you're like, this is preposterous <laughs> because well, we do, because we do have people, I think in the fresh expressions movement, or I should say we have people in the the church that come to us with some kind of wild ideas and i think that too often they're shut down right or or we're called preposterous and not uh potentially uh taken to god in prayer as a community and and thought about what's possible right um and yeah. and i love how you've talked about you know the r and d right you you just got to try you just got to try some things right and trust that trust that god is working in the midst of all of that and um and that I, what i know to be true is that god doesn't waste anything you know, oh, what a great word! Absolutely, and for sure, I'm right with you. When um, we have had people who like who are dreaming a God dream to start something new, whether it's a new worshiping congregation or a new ministry, uh, when they start with a breakthrough prayer initiative, not alone, but with right. a team ongoing, it just gives all the room in the world, doesn't it? Yes, for what God has in mind. Yes, it's it is it is a matter I think of of faithfulness and then our response, right? And and the rest is up to the rest is up to God. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness. So, I guess over these last 2 years, I mean, you were doing this work you know, pre-COVID, prior to the pandemic, um, engaged with so many different churches in so many different contexts. What surprised you most about the church in the last 2 years? I've got to say it has been so inspiring to see um, congregations and ministries who were already praying for God's new possibilities ongoing. Mm -hmm. When everything shifted to online, that they've, they've gone forward with their prayers for breakthroughs um, online, um, and, and thinking up whole new ways to keep praying for God possibilities under very different circumstances when we're not, we weren't congregating in person and that kind of thing. And I have a whole archive of incredible examples on how people who were quarantining and otherwise feeling rather isolated, continuing to uh, pray for breakthroughs mm. uh, at home, uh, everything from a one very creative pastor uh, from a church in Minnesota who uh, one Sunday morning uh, with online worship said to her congregation, hey, come with me. I'm at home and I want to show you the prayer, the breakthrough prayer stations around my home. <laughs> and I want, you, I want to invite you to set these up at your house and send us a little video or photos and, you know, we can all do this. And she took them to the kitchen, she had a little station, and she said, I, I say, I come in here every day and I say, God, um, mix up something brand new in my life and in the life of the church. May your ingredients come together in a whole new way. Should a prayer station in a room and a prayer station. And people love this, set up prayer stations. And for several months, 
the church was showing on Facebook and other social media, little videos of people and their prayer stations at home and how God had done new breakthroughs. And uh, I, I believe that the prayers for breakthroughs have absolutely been fueled beyond our imagination through the last two years. And would you have guessed it, Heather? No, you know, it didn't. It didn't fall away. It went even further. It was accelerated. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really yeah. was accelerated uh, to a, to a great degree. I I love the engagement that that pastor was able to have, uh, and really, you know, to some degree, a a, a challenge or a, a, an opportunity for people to think about their prayer lives differently at home as well. <laughs> Yeah, you know, isn't that what it is uh, when prayer becomes foundational and central to our lives? Whether whether I am a, no matter whether I'm a uh, have a staff position at the church, mm-hmm. whether I'm an attendee or whoever, when prayer for new God's pos- God's new possibilities becomes foundational in our lives, we we are looking up and out, expecting God to move, and that gives God so much room for what we could never imagine ourselves. That up and out. I mean, you've said that a couple of times in in regards to the breakthrough prayer and you kind of walk people through what it looks like to um to uh, create a breakthrough prayer for your particular church or your particular community um in your book. But could you kind of give people the nuts and bolts of what that looks like? Well, I would love to. So, here's what we've learned that a great way to get it started is to create a little one sentence or two sentence breakthrough prayer using language like breakthrough, open the door, mm-hmm. uh, what whatever verb mm-hmm. like that that you'd like to use. And this is this is a little additive prayer to the existing prayer life of the congregation. It it isn't a long prayer that you. You put in everything the church is already praying and add Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. This is a little additive component. And uh, I've seen it be very effective to distribute that to everybody in your constituency, your Mm -hmm. team, Mm -hmm. and just explain every time we gather, when we're praying, we're also going to make sure we pray to the Almighty Mm. to do the new thing. And it's not a prayer with a period. And then we just go on with business. It is a prayer request. It's like a question to God. So after we pray, we're going to go forward then looking up and out to see how God's response is going to unfold because it will on God's timing and in God's uh, preferred style. And um, some ministries or churches even pick a certain time of day and say every day we're going to all get out our little breakthrough prayer, pray it at the same time. And it is, it's really extraordinary that when we also then give people a chance to report back about what they've yeah. noticed and named God doing, that the momentum for this just builds. And we begin to realize that it's unlimited what God mm-hmm. can do. So you, you've kind of alluded to this a couple of times, and I know this is, I think, incredibly significant. Um, how has you, How have you seen this? Breakthrough prayer initiative and different churches impact just discipleship as a whole. I love that question. I love that question. So, as people truly live in to believing, 
not just an intellectual belief yeah. that prayer makes a difference, but believing actively that prayer makes such a difference that I'm going to pray every day, asking God to break through, and then noticing what God is doing in the church and in my life. It's just amazing how that feeds the spiritual hunger in people. Mm. Uh, because the reality of the activity of the Holy Spirit is so unmistakable that uh, people want more. They 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 long for more. They're 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 in the the game spiritually, and uh, it is the most effective thing I've ever seen to move people. As you're pointing out, from simply going to church and administrating the church as it as though it were were an organization to administrate yeah to understanding the church is a spiritual movement mm. and when we step into that we are on a roll with with what god is is doing and transforming in our lives and that's discipleship that's so good that the 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 conversation we were having having before I hit record, um, I, I found the words fear and fearless on your website when I was poking around. And there was there was a lot um, in regards to being a fearless church and um, fearless leaders and a fearful world. And so uh, I guess, what are you seeing? What 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 are you seeing in these last, um, you know, in this last little bit, maybe it's the last year, maybe it's the last three years is far, that would that would um really move you to to use that word so often um <laughs> fear fearful and fearless and you know any time that we're faced with an unexpected change mm -hmm. in our personal lives or in church life or on the ministry team we really got some choices there i think um i know this for myself i can batten down the hatches yeah and just think i'm gonna hang on till somehow hopefully this this passes mm -hmm. and that to me is a is kind of a fear-driven approach uh and the the chatter in my mind in a time like that can be oh this is terrible what if this what if that and we can get so enmeshed in listening to our our own mental chatter mm -hmm that we just go into lockdown. And when I say fearless, uh, I really, I'm not talking about the absence of an emotion, you know, emotions yeah. come and go. I'm really talking about setting aside that endless, what if fearful chatter of our minds mm -hmm. and really, really surrendering and saying, uh, God, all the energy in this potential season of change can move us forward and we're going to surrender to it mm. and just move us forward through this. Mm. And I, we're going to be yes people. We're going to be yes people in this. And so when I think of fearless leaders and fearless churches, I, I wasn't, when I, I said that, I wasn't really thinking of a lack of emotions yeah. you know, that come and go. I was thinking about our spiritual posture Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to prayer. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, and, and, and the almighty God, right. That, <laughs> that we are, that yeah. we are praying to. Uh, I think that's, I think that's really significant to where the, the fearlessness comes from and maybe not so much as you say, uh, uh being fearless, but fearing less. 
there we go. Yeah. I think I preached a sermon about that at some point in time. I like that. That can definitely preach. (laughs) So, I mean, in, 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 in your world now, like things have changed a lot. You're at United now and the innovation center, which we're all like cheering you on and the fresh expressions world for that. Yes. Um, what, what is your biggest challenge? Um, that you're facing, I think, and, you know, maybe it's in this context, maybe it's in the, you know, the wider global context of a, a pandemic that seems to be never ending. What What is the biggest challenge you're facing? Yeah, what jumps to my mind are a number of things. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so I'm I'm thinking through that. One of the most important spiritual journey experiences I have ever had has been to be appointed for the Innovation Center's startup. Mm. And uh, United Theological Seminary is an incredible place. It has its own breakthrough prayer initiative going across the seminary for the last few years and has has itself experienced many breakthroughs and views a new Innovation Center as a breakthrough that they have stepped forward to make. That being said, uh, the Innovation Center, there was nothing that existed a year ago. There was not a plan. There was not an idea. There was not even an office space. All that had to be renovated. And the journey of the last year, uh, which has ranged from trusting God to to supply people, resources, um, partners, dream partners uh and and the whole what what should this be all of that this has been um uh, the most miracle laced season mm-hmm. that i can remember and also the most challenging not that the work i'm not talking about the work i'm talking about my own work to continue to surrender more and more wow uh, in order for god to really uh, the God's spirit to really lead the way. And I think big chunks of myself have fallen away, uh, which has been positive, you know, my self preferences yes. and all of that in order for God's spirit to really lead. And isn't that what challenging seasons really are? They're mm-hmm. opportunities to keep surrendering more of ourselves, more of what I prefer, what I like better, what I want or whatever, and say, God, I, what I really desire is what you want. And I'm just going to listen to you and step forward. And uh, what do you, what are you thinking as I'm sharing that? Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that you've said a couple of things that are really significant. I mean, we, we started out the conversation with talking about capacities, right. Or, or strategies, which maybe isn't the best word to use, but um, for this, this, this future oriented church, uh, you've used the word trust. You've, you've, you've again and again said looking up and looking out, you've described a, a, a fearlessness and you've really just hit home with the surrender, the surrender, uh, surrender and trust, I think are, are almost hold hands, right? They <laughs> with one another, don't they? And I think those are things that we all can, uh, lean into and, uh, cultivate in our own lives as we look to do these new things and these new places and spaces, 
uh, where God is is moving and working and inviting us to 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 be a part of that uh, movement and that work that that's that's there already. If I had to ask you where you are seeing signs of hope right now, what's giving you hope? Because there's a lot of I think some despair and some hopelessness we're now through. I don't know um, uh, the 30th wave of COVID, right? <laughs> what is giving you hope right now, Sue? I think that the most hopeful thing I see is that the pandemic for for the for all the pain and tragedy that it it has brought, yeah. it has also given us the silver lining of uh, knocking us off our balance mm. of uh, changing the game of shifting the circumstances to the point that we are looking for new ways for a new direction from God that we realize we need a word from God. We, yeah. we need something different. We, we don't want to just be settled in going through the motions uh, this this is a time where we we've got to find our new true north forward and it is the most spiritually opportunistic time that mm. i've ever seen and prayer is the gateway the gateway i am passionate about this and it, it for something as simple as an added breakthrough prayer initiative it can be eternally changing life changing wow. 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 Thank you. Thank you for that. Is there, we all want to know, we all should be reading your book, um, Open Road, but we all also want to know what are you reading right now or, or what are you listening to right now? What's got your attention? Uh, the book that I just downloaded is Donald Miller's new book about a hero's journey. Have you seen that book? No, Heather? I have not. Uh, it just was released uh, maybe a week ago. And I'm super excited about it. And he has shifted his uh, storytelling picture on how to frame your own life that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And I, I like this book because I, I think uh, you and I and others can extrapolate that to the story of the church Absolutely. that we're a part of. And his contention is that the more clear we are about the kind of story that we're called to live, uh, the more fruitfully we can move forward. So that's a book that I just started reading and I find it very, very intriguing. Wow. That's awesome. I'll, I'll definitely have to check that out. I do love Donald Miller. His, his work has uh, certainly impacted my life for sure. And I know many, many others. Yes. So I would love for you to pray for the leaders, uh, the leaders, the pastors, the everyday people of God that are listening Um in this um, sometimes fearful world, uh, that they would be fearless in in uh, in light of their relationship with an Almighty God. Would you pray for us? Uh, I'd be privileged to you, God. We give thanks that uh, you have called us with our lives to love you, to follow you, and to bring your love, the message, and the mission of Jesus to your entire world. We ask that you would bless and anoint those who are along with, with Heather and me on this podcast, that you would stir in each person's heart uniquely the way that your spirit has been so doing. Make it evident to each one about their path 
of prayers for new possibilities. And uh, may you grant us the willingness to surrender all that we are in order to make room for everything you have in mind in the open road of faith and possibility before us. We ask all of this in the power of our resurrected Jesus, and we say together, Amen. 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 Thank you so, so much, Sue. Thank you so much for your time. I'm so excited to have you at United and doing the work that you're doing and with the open hands of surrender to where God is leading you and guiding you. uh, We will be all the better for it. So thank you so much for your time. And y'all make sure that you find Sue online. We'll post all the links to where you can do that in the show notes. Thanks again. Thank you so much. God bless. to the Fresh Expressions podcast. I'm Gannon Sims, and I'm joined now by uh, Shannon Kaiser. Shannon, of course, serves as our Director of Training for Fresh Expressions and is a pastor on staff at Riverside Presbyterian Church in Sterling, Virginia. Shannon's got a lot of experience working with uh, what we call an adaptive leadership process in in, uh, partnership with Fuller Seminary and our good friend Todd Bolsinger and Shannon directs uh, and provides vision over all of our, our training and coaching, and learning opportunities with Fresh Expressions. And Shannon, we're delighted to have you today. Well, thanks. This is a privilege. Thanks for inviting me. So we're talking a little bit uh, today about what skills or strategies, and I guess more importantly, spiritual capacities are needed for the church to move into the future. And you've done a lot of work uh, with churches and, and really even through this pandemic uh, season. And I think maybe there's a, a sense out there that uh, pastors, church leaders feel a bit stuck or tired. And I'm wondering what sort of competencies you're uncovering in your work with churches that might help uh, churches get unstuck and and move into the future? Yeah, I would say um, the first thing that comes to mind is a spirit of experimentation, like a willingness to experiment and to learn from experiments. Um, Because I think what it's going to take is the humility of recognizing we're not experts anymore. Even if we were trained for a particular day of the life of the church, we, we, we weren't trained and prepared for this day that we 
find ourselves in. And so how do we experiment um, uh, with different ways of connecting with our communities? And I think churches that are willing to experiment are gaining some traction. I mean, you and I were talking with some international leaders the other day, and I was saying that for, um, you know, that many churches have been very, very stuck during this pandemic. Like once they got the, once they got the, um, a uh, virtual live stream going or whatever, like then it was just kind of like stopped in our tracks. Now we're not sure what to do. And everything's like on this pause and hold till we can go back to what was. And I think churches that have been experimenting during this time um, uh, have been learning a lot. And I think if we can get into, if we can really find the courage um, and practice that courage to try some things, not knowing how they'll turn out and then step back that ability to step back and evaluate and pay attention. What do we learn and what does that lead us to do now? So I think that, um, spirit of exploration and experimentation has been really important. I would say the second thing is looking for opportunities and possibilities. So really asking the question consistently, what could we do? Not just stopping with what we can't do, but what could we do? So I think um, for the future, churches are going to have to be asking, um, what could we do? Um, Not what did we used to do 50 years ago or what is the church down the street doing, but what could we do? And, um, and that's really getting some people off the dime. Um, and, and I would, the last thing I would offer up is just a willingness to partner with people, like not to just try to do this on your own, like partner with people in your congregation, partner with people in your community, like really, um, uh, you don't have to figure all this stuff out yourself if you're a church leader. Like partner with people and partner with organizations and and um, partner with people who want to help co-collaborate what could be. I think those are some key skills and principles. Yeah, that's good. So um, thinking about experimentation, asking what can we do, and thinking about who we can do it alongside. I think there's a Mm -hmm. lot of wisdom in doing things with uh, rather than for or or to, dare I say. And so could you just maybe give uh, maybe a quick example of of maybe where you've seen some success at at each of those um, levels? Well, there's a a church in our um, adaptive church leadership cohort that um, they started asking around. uh, They talked to the principal and said, hey, what do you most need here in the high school? Who who are the people in this high school that are the most overlooked or underserved? And the principal says, um, the band. And so as a part of this adaptive church leadership cohort, we've been inviting people to um, do some experimentation. Um, And so when they heard from the principal that the most overlooked and underserved group in the school was the band, they decided to become volunteers for the band dinners. And so it's not like they had to shift their whole ministry. They didn't have to shift their Sunday morning. They just became the best volunteers they could be at the band dinners. And they've been amazed at what's opened up through that relationally. So now they're stepping back and going, okay, well, now 
what could we do? Like, is there a next step? Does this, does this lead us to something else? Do we, is there anything we need to notice? So I think that is, um, that's a, a, an example of kind of the spirit and willingness to experiment. It, it doesn't mean wholesale giving up everything else you do. It's just starting to experiment on the edges and see what you can learn from it and see where the spirit takes you. I think the what could we, I mean, this is what we've been doing in some of my ministry here at Riverside um, consistently through this pandemic, particularly when it comes to working with children and families. Okay, well, we can't have Sunday school. What could we do? Well, we could play parable games with the families out in the parking lot. Well, you know, we could have a photo scavenger hunt and do this really fun thing for our community. So, Instead of being trapped in what we couldn't do and and putting everything on hold, it was just, well, well given the scenario and given the needs, what could we do? Um, and I think the willingness to partner is always like looking for those um uh, those uh, people who can connect you in different ways. Um, I mean, partners can sometimes be organizations, you know, partnering with the Boys and Girls Club to do a, 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 a summer uh, thing in the backyard of your church or, um, you know, partnering with um, uh, the local PTA um, to, you know, to, to really serve uh, people in the school school system that uh, could really uh, be encouraged. And so I think there's all kinds of ways to think about partnership. Yeah, and sometimes we begin partnering with somebody and they actually have a better idea than we do. Absolutely. And, and we, get to, we get to pioneer uh, with their idea and it, and it taps into a whole a different group of uh, people that we wouldn't know otherwise. And that's um, one of the really, I think, benefits of being willing to experiment and willing to ask different questions and, and, and to be creative. So, um, I'm, I'm wondering what sort of, so, so a lot of, a lot of pastors, I mean, look, look, we're pastors are schooled in how to preach, interpret the scriptures, provide pastoral care, to lead an organization, those kinds of things. But there's a need in the church today for pastors to think a little bit more like um, missionaries, of uh, mm -hmm. people who might lead their people out into some of these areas of experimentation, or at least give permission for their people to do so. What sort of competencies are you seeing pastors develop uh, in this season that can kind of help, you know, help them maybe preach better, but also lead people uh, into some of these new uh, pathways for mission in their communities? Yeah, I, I think if um, uh, that pastors who can really uh, begin to think this question, I'm just going to put out there and help other people think this question that I'm getting ready to put out there. And that is this, what would good news feel like or look like or taste like here, because what we're what we're often trained to do is um, is dig into scripture and exegete the scripture and teach you know teach 
the scripture, but what we also have to learn is how to exegete our community and our context. And so if you can begin to think not just, um, you know, what would I preach in my sanctuary on Sunday morning, but in every space and every context in your community, like what is God already up to here? Where do I see the redemptive God, uh, work of God in the world? And how do I partner with that? And what would good news feel like or look like or taste like here? And that begins to shape um, what are some natural connecting points and what are some ways to um, step into um, deeper community and connection in those spaces. So I, I think that is a, a really uh, critical critical piece. I think another thing that, um, uh, so pastors often, um, have been trained to do a lot of study in their office. Um, but I think they're going to have to learn how to be more experimenters in the lab. You know, I was just talking with, um, my colleague yesterday about, just how much energy it takes to get a rocket in the air. Like it just takes a lot of energy to catalyze a rocket. And there's a whole different um, kind of energy that's needed for just the ongoing orbit. I think this is a season where we're going to have to catalyze, like we're going to have to expend some catalytic energy. And, um, and so so we're going to have to um, spend, uh, we're going to have to maybe lessen our dependence on study and increase our dependence on um, prayer, um, on um, on e experimenting with not knowing exactly the answer yet, <laughs> taking some calculated risks, um, and really um, energizing people with some vision and imagination. So I think that's going to be a critical skill. Um, I think another, another piece is just being, <laughs> being present in the community and being, um, relatable and being able to ask good provocative questions that get, um, get real conversations going. Um, and so I, I think, um, less the expert and more, um, just living into curiosity and, um, and action, catalytic action. Great. Spoken, uh, uh, your, I believe your husband has at least in the past worked for NASA. And so getting a rock in the air is sort of part of the family business, as is uh, your daughter, I think is an illustrator or an animator. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about those two things of like, the the courage it takes in the in all of the energy it takes to get a rock in the air, but also just just the ability that I think we have in this moment to animate, um, to mm -hmm. kind of color and even color mm -hmm. outside the lines um, in in various ways, and in, in the whether it be the questions that we ask or um, the curiosity that we have. I mean, you know, let's face it, we're all really little kids inside. So how can we sort of harness that? Um, and, and I think one of the things that, that you mentioned in terms of spiritual capacity building does revolve around prayer. And so I'm, I'm curious, you know, thinking about the, the rocket or thinking about animation, how has prayer for you as a pastor sort of animated or caused maybe things in your ministry life to, to lift off? Well, I think just the, I mean, I mean, partly it's just the encouragement, like I don't have to have the answers, but I 
can lean into the one who does, <laughs> you know, I, I, I may not have the um, entire vision, but I can lean into the one who does like, um, and I, and I think following the breadcrumbs of spirit is kind of what this is about. Right. So, um, so there is a, it, it, what it invites is a dependence and a humility, but to your point, uh, also uh, a little, a, a sense of playfulness in this. Like sometimes I think the church takes herself so seriously, which is not to say that, that, you know, that deep theological reflection isn't valuable and the deep traditions of the church aren't valuable because they are, they're incredibly valuable. But sometimes we take ourselves so seriously that, um, that we forget about, you know, just living into the joy of the Lord and the, um, and the beauty and the goodness um, uh, that God wants to invite us to participate in. And, um, and so I think prayer like reconnects us with that um, so that um, we have a spirit of humility and playfulness and dependence and trust that leads us out into spaces that like we just can't see completely. And we're just taking steps along the way and wondering like, what could God do with this? Or what's God doing here? How can I join in? Yeah, it, it keeps um, Jesus out in front and us following, uh, which is um, good news, I think, for the church today. So one of the things we've been thinking about uh, lately is, you know, just related to what we have, what's in front of us, as opposed to all the things that we wish we had, I sort of I feel like I think I think God asked Moses at some point, what's in your hand? Um, so how are you um, maybe poised either in your own ministry life or in, in maybe a story from from somebody else of seeing uh, hope with people using what they have as opposed to what they wish they had or they used to have? Yeah, I mean, I think that's so important, right? Because every congregation has a gift to the world. I mean, that's one of the things we've been uh, trying to really instill in this group that we've been working with on adaptive change. Like your church is a gift to the world. If you can really just hone in on your values, like who are you as a church? Like what has what is it about you that's such a gift to the world? Then how do you build on that? You know, how do you connect that with the needs of the world? And every church has a unique opportunity to do this. I mean, there are some churches that just have a heart for mentoring young people and they always have. And it's not about they have a rockin' Sunday school program. But they have this history of mentoring young people. Well, what does that look like today in a pandemic? pandemic where people need to be mentored. Like, and so um, it's, it's not going to look the same as it did yesterday, but how do you really bring that charism, that passion into the world in unique ways? And that doesn't have to be a big or rich congregation to do that. It doesn't have to be an urban congregation. Like every congregation, whether your context is rural or whether you're a small church or whether you're a medium-sized church or whether you're a church with a full-time pastor or a church with no pastor. I mean, there every church has unique um, 
assets. Like maybe you have uh, 10 re retired women who love to bake and just would bake homemade cookies until the cows came home. What could you do with that? Like there's just so many ways um, that if you just looked at the people assets that you had, the friendships they have and spheres of influence they have, the skills that they have, the passion they have, the history that you have and the core values that you have. Have and like, how does that make um, <laughs> make waves in the world today? What could that look like? I mean, every church has something to work with. And so I think if we can start thinking about what has God given us, um, what is unique about us that we could bring to the world? How can we begin to claim our unique gift and live it out? And man, it will set your church on fire if you start to do that. If you look down the street at what somebody else has and try to replicate it, it will kill your soul because you're always going to feel that sense of I'm not such and such. But if you begin to look at what you have and how to build on it, God's going to show you what you can do. Shannon, that's a good word uh, and a good word on which to end. So I want to thank you once again for um, just your time today, the gift of uh, your presence, your experience. And um, this is the Fresh Expressions podcast. Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we eat, play, work, and yes, even in our traditional churches. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressionsus.org backslash how to start. The Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by Gannon Sims and me, Heather Delod. It's edited by Joel Limbaum and produced by Kathleen Blackie and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you've learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Now, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that God's ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations.